You know our slogan around here is better practice, better life. But we're taking this belief to the next level. And we've recently announced the creation of a new association. It's called the Best Practices Association. Our association celebrates the mindset that is better practice, better life. This mindset celebrates time, healthy living, personal growth, clinical excellence, and impacting the lives of your patients and your team through intentional leadership. In fact, we are the work-life balance experts in dentistry. The BPA will coach independent dental practices like yours to thrive by sharing best practices and operational habits, behaviors, systems, tools, and insight that lead to profitability and sustained growth, and you can still have a life. So if you're a dentist that wants to surround yourself with great thinkers, let us help you create your own version of Better Practice, Better Life. Go to actdental.com forward slash BPA or hit the link in the show notes. Yo, yo, yo. Hey guys, thanks for showing up to the Best Practices Show podcast. My name is Kirk Barrett. And as always, we're looking for the greatest minds for helpful information to help you create a better practice and better life. And today I bring back a friend of mine, Kevin Henry, who runs a little thing called the Dental Assistant Nation. And it's awesome. So we did a Q&A from some of the most difficult questions that come from a very important group of people called dental assistants. And he puts me on the spot. So if you ever want to know what is your assistant thinking, this is your episode. So make sure you check it out. I know you guys will enjoy it. We'll see you soon. Hey guys, welcome back to the Best Practices Show podcast. And uh, we're on the floor here at the Rocky Mountain Dental Convention. And I got one of my good buddies in podcasting. We, who's, we, I just found out you're like one of the OGs, <laughs> Kevin Henry. And uh, we're going to do something fun today. We're actually going to do a crossover episode. So crossover and podcast yeah. means... It, now, would you agree, like, you're going to Voices of Dentistry tonight? I am. Flying down there. The Looking cool thing... It. Now, you could totally debate this. But podcasting is, is really a good... It's good-hearted. Like, you very rarely find somebody podcasting who's, like, all about themselves. No, I think, uh, you know, this crossover that we're doing right now, it helps both of us. Uh, I think everybody loves to, to contribute to the overall cause. Yeah. And that's one thing that I think has been great about meeting all these different podcasters who are out there. Yeah. And you've been a great friend of the Act Dental community and supported. I want people to know if they don't know who Kevin Henry is, because uh, who are you, brother? Like, give us your story. What do you do? Well, first of all, hey, the host of the Dental Assistant Nation podcast, which yeah. I'm so glad we're doing this crossover it's cool but yeah i've been in the dental industry for 20 years been managing editor for dental economics uh editor of dental products report editor of dr by cuspid started dental assisting digest which is an electronic newsletter and and it's just been something it's been a passion of mine to help those dental teams grow kind of like you which is i know how we connected well you're doing a phenomenal job thanks brother i watched i had to stand along the wall yesterday <laughs> to watch you speak and uh it, it was so cool yesterday you know i uh, and we talked about the, the roadblocks in the dentist-assistant relationship yeah. yesterday, and that's where I really wanted to pick your brain. Let's do it. You know, and because I had 
The dentist and assistants text me anonymously. So I okay, wait. You got to explain this process. <laughs> and when you say pick my brain, you're gonna you're gonna use an instrument. Like my brain is really small, so I hope I hope it's some type of a delicate instrument. It's very delicate. Okay, good, good, good. <laughs> no, I, I actually put my phone number up there, and I said, assistants, tell me the biggest roadblock that your dentist throws at you every day. Okay. Dennis, tell me the biggest roadblock your assistants throw at you every day. I had uh, 43 people send me a text. That's a brilliant idea. I, I'm. It, so it, I'm going to yeah. borrow that from you. Is that okay? Yeah, it's perfectly fine. Okay. I, told, I told him, I said, as long as you don't use my phone number for spam, I won't use yours for spam. Deal. So, you know, that's, that's easy enough. So yeah, okay. that's good. Okay. But let me preface this because you fulfill an incredible need in dentistry. You give voice to a very special group of people who are the assistants, assistant nation. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, um, and a lot of times they don't, they, there's, there's, there's very few community efforts. Yeah. There's very few people that speak for them and very few people give them voice. How, why did you put this together? Because when I was the managing editor for Dell Economics and I was the associate editor for RDH Magazine, there was literally nothing out there for assistance. And that bothered me so right. much. So back in 2008, I said, you know what? We're going to start something for assistance. Right. And it was amazing. Not long after I started at the Oregon Dental Conference, reached out and said, can you come up and speak to us? Because there aren't any dental assisting speakers. Right. And I've been doing it ever since. So I, I love the assistants who are out there, and, and they deserve so much more than they're getting right now, honestly. Yeah. And I want to I wanna ask all these answer all these questions can i ask i just i'm just so curious no. like give us the state of the union on dental assistance because you we talk to a lot of dentists and they're like we can't find great assistance is that true absolutely. is it not true no it's absolutely true and 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 let's define what great is okay because i think a lot of times we have assistants who are coming into this industry right now some of them are actually coming from outside of dentistry being taught from the ground level all the way up so i've heard the same thing from dentists and, and assistants who are listening to this podcast yeah I have heard there aren't a lot of great ones out there, but I always say, what's the definition of great and how are you as a dentist actually helping to train them right. to become great and how much leeway do you give in that time? But absolutely, there's a huge shortage out there of dental right. assistants. We had so many who left during COVID and, and you talked to our friends at Dental Post, you talked to a lot of the job boards, they're, it's not getting any better. Right. So we have to make sure that the dentists who are, or the, sorry, the assistants who are here feel valued, feel appreciated, and they stay. Right. And in that, I see a golden opportunity for a dental assistant. So if you're a dental assistant listening, there's a world of possibility in there. I mean, you could really invest in yourself, like learn verbal skills. Like do, that's where, you know, I said this in the session earlier, like the, it's not the bottom of the ladder. It, it's, you know, the top of the ladder is not crowded. It's the bottom. You know what I mean? So in any position, I don't care if it's a dental assistant. I don't care if it's a hygienist. I don't care if you're a website designer. There's so much room for improvement Amen. in the world. And, Dentists are dying for somebody who's invested in great skills, becoming better. And so I just, I think it's awesome opportunity. Thanks. You know? I, well, I always tell my assistants, you can't sit back and expect somebody to come to you and say, we need you to do this. Right. You have to tell them, what are your passions? What do you look forward to doing this year? And then work out a plan with the dentist on how you become a better assistant and love have it. that work together to do that. I love it. Appreciate it, man. So let's go there. Let's go right. straight so, so, from. Because I, I really want your opinion on some of these because okay. I'll tell you, they threw me some curveballs yesterday. Okay, well. And, and let's make sure people don't know what I'm getting ready to ask her. I have so no idea. Is, I know. So this is and as you can see, I, I've got notes here. <laughs> There's nothing on these cards. Okay. So, so an assistant uh, sent in one of the biggest roadblocks she sees is favoritism in the practice. She is oh. one of three assistants. Doesn't feel like she's the favorite of the three. I'm curious. How would you talk to a doctor about favoritism? 
Oh, favoritism is, oh, this is a tough one. Yeah, this yeah. is really a tough one. Yeah, these are some interesting ones that got thrown out. I uh, So I'll give you my quick answer, but I also want you to answer oh, them course, too. You know course. what I mean? We'll bounce off. So um, pre, I'll do pre, pre-traction, post-traction. Okay. I think I'm sure that I'm a big fan of traction. EOS, System by Gino Wickman. So you guys should read that. What, what's important about that book is you learn a systematic way to improve culture, core values, where we just stay consistent. My biggest problem, and I'll speak to this question, is before all of that and having a great coach and implementing all that, I was just a nice guy. I was a wuss. And so I hate, so I did have favorites and you do have favorites. And so you put energy into people that are giving you energy back and yet you don't develop other people. What traction does essentially is teaches you an operating system that everybody goes through an experience where right person, right seat, core values, and do they get results? And I think everyone should have a number. And so I think you treat everybody with the same respect, but as a growing practice, if you have three team members, ultimately you're going to reach a certain point where you're going to have 12 team members and you have to start implementing a leadership team, which means you can't do it on your own. You might have a lead assistant, but if she's not here, she he or she is not designated as one that's going to look like favoritism. So here's my answer. Right. Over communicate. There should be incredible clarity around job descriptions and you should treat everybody with the same respect. When somebody excels, then that opens the door for them to be a leader. You can talk to them and they could potentially be the lead. But I think you also have to be vulnerable with your team. If you're doing favoritism, you should give people license to call you out. Yeah, Go, I listen, I, I need to talk to you about something. It's just what I'm experiencing. You're, you have a favorite here. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so let me transition into my kit. No, no, never mind. I want to no, ask you. You. No. you uh, well, here, here's what I told, here's what I said yesterday, and then let's riff off of it a little All bit. All right. Because obviously I, I was speaking to the assistant, and I said, whenever we know that somebody's a favorite and we're not that person, sometimes as a, we right. pull back, right? And so I, I said, are you the one pulling back instead of pushing forward? And like you said, having that open conversation about this is how I feel right. and really bringing it forward, or are you just taking it home at night and grumbling? You know, I think that right. we've got to, to get past the point where – we're talking to others about it instead of talking to the person that we have the issue with. 100%. I actually like your answer better than mine. And then a regular scheduled check-in with all of your team members where they can be vulnerable and tell you the truth. Yes. That tells you a lot. Those hurt when you go through those. But if you give, if you're truly going to create a team, you have to have high levels of trust where they can give you feedback and you have to be emotionally intelligent as a leader to go, this is going to hurt, but it's the truth. And there's a little favor to, you know, so, but also too, like I'll translate this into a kitchen. I have four children yep. and the conversation often comes up. Well, they, she's your favorite. Oh, yeah. You have to love them all, you know, the same way. You don't really have a favorite. Um, and I don't even know where I'm going with that, but like, a, <laughs> but, but I, I, I think um, there's some truth to whatever that feedback is. And I think it, you got to be able to call the dentist out on it. I think so. And I think the dentist has to be open to hearing it. And the assistant has to have enough guts shall we say to actually have that conversation too dude these are hard these are hard and that's one okay you give, throw you ding, one? ding 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 all right uh, let's do number two for you my doctor continually runs late on the schedule oh. yet blames me for it because the rooms aren't turned around according to his expectations 
Oh. How do I handle this? There's a lot of problems in that question. <laughs> Number one, you're running behind. Right. That is dangerous. Number two is the blame. Here's my answer. Data removes all emotion. There's nothing that fixes this faster than a time study. Here's what a time study is. It's recorded time in and out on a patient. So when the patient arrives and the patient leaves for procedures. So if you're an assistant, pick the top 10 procedures. This is happening. Create a time study sheet. Patient came in, patient left. Patient came in, patient left for this procedure. Doctors are going to hate it because everything is an hour. Yeah. And it's not true. And they're going to look at it and go, wow, this, they, and here's, there's a couple things this. You record, it's a timestamp. All it is is time in, time out. Doctors only notice or fairly notice when the patient's there. They don't know when the patient arrived. They don't know when the patient left. And so now the blame goes away. We're just looking at data. If you and I don't have any data, we're talking about how we feel, right. and that's going to be emotionally charged. What's your answer? Well, let me ask you real quick, though. The time in, whenever you say time in, time out, that's from the door to door. Door to door. Okay, because okay, yes. I think that's really fascinating. And because, I would love to see that. Yeah, well, there's a couple things that have. Diagnostically, you can start to ask better questions. Because if you only do procedure time, you're only telling half the story. So let's say a procedure is supposed to take you an hour. And then you look in, time in, time out, it's 145. Your first question is why? Okay, is that a front? Is that an administrative challenge? Is that a systems challenge in the back? Is it a, now, the other thing that's happening is the shortage of the workforce. Yes. If you ask questions like this one, does my team have, the, an, have enough time? All, I don't think anybody in the United States would go, yes, we are allocated plenty of time. Actually, I sit around and do nothing. Half of these things. Everyone's tight on time. Right. So by having data, time in, time out, door to door, you can now enter a, a factual conversation. What's your answer? So I took it from the very end because remember the doc was blaming the assistant right? because the room wasn't set up properly according oh. to his standards too. Right. And so I said, is there some truth in there? You know, we don't often like to, set, to be heard that we didn't right. do the right thing. Right. But so I, I asked, I said, was there some truth to it that the room maybe wasn't set up properly? Or is there a communication problem between expectations? Right. And, and if that's the blame game that's going there, then eliminate that part of it. Make yeah. sure that you understand exactly how it should be and eliminate that part of the blame game and then see how the timing does. But I love the timestamp idea. I love that too. And I'm a three-time employee of the month at Applebee's. I don't know if I ever told you that. Congratulations. Like, yeah, man. that's a big, big accomplishment <laughs> for me. But why I tell that story all the time is everything was a checklist. So, and what I, what's different about dentistry, this is the difference. Like at Applebee's, whether you like Applebee's or not, I had to turn it in. You know, a lot of times dentists have checklists, like a tray setup, like a, but it's just a do this. Checklists don't get followed, not because they're not done well. It's because they're not audited. Checklists have to be, like, could you imagine not auditing a child's homework? No. Not auditing when they come home. Not auditing. You know, you have to, not, do you have to audit everything? No, but what you can start to do, I like the idea of getting out of the back of our brain. Let's get to the front of the brain. Let's look at some data, time in, time out. Okay, so this is supposed to be done for every procedure. My sister is a cardiac nurse. She has to fill out a checklist on paper, every patient. I'm like, on paper, isn't it all digital? It is. So we have to do it. Like, we don't skip steps. So I don't love know. No. I love what you're saying. I, I These love are, don't skip steps. Don't I skip mean, steps. Yeah. So, you know. You want to do one more? Oh, I want to do a lot more. Okay. These are great. All right, let's do one more. These, are, these are great. 
A lack of communication. Now, this is from the dentist. Okay. A lack of communication. She often says that she can't read my mind. What do I do? <laughs> How about that? She often says... <laughs> I can't read your mind. Okay, come on. I mean, seriously. Doctor, let me speak to you. First of all, are you married? Does your wife read your mind? No, she does not. Or significant other. My wife, I've been married for 23 years. My wife, I feel like she has no idea what's going on in this pea brain. And even if she did, she wouldn't want to know everything that's going on in there. No one can read your mind. And even if they could, they wouldn't want to. I think that's a huge, I think the question's just like, First of all, did the doctor ask that question? The doctor asked the question. Okay, doctor, thing. you should never expect anybody to read your mind. You're probably a horrible, let me just call him. You're probably a horrible communicator. <laughs> your brain is all over the place. I, I could spend a week with you and I still wouldn't be able to read your mind. I could certainly read your checklist. I could certainly read your steps. I could certainly be in the moment with you. Let me add one more layer. And then I want you to know. Do it, let's hear it. I did a lot of improv training in uh post-college and it was really fun i thought improv comedy was being funny it's not it's about listening it's about being in the moment the best comedians in the world it's yes and you have a parrot on your head yes i do his name is bill do you want to hear the story yes i do like you can't say no i don't have a parrot on my head Uh, you have to go with it (laughs) and what you learn is there's so much magic in being extremely present like you have to listen really well how that translates to work environment is i don't want to try to think what you're thinking but if you're going to throw something in the room i've already got my systems i already know wow that's a weird one doc that you just threw in front of the patient but i'm going to say yes and see what i mean yes and yes and um and so you know, and then also like, you've got to have regular calibration time or alignment time with a great assistant. Nobody spends more time with the dentist than the assistant. Exactly. How dangerous is this that you have somebody with you every single day? Hey, Mark Ludlow. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that. What's happening, brother? Good to see you, man. So, um, you got to have calibration time. So you got to have downtime. A lot of dentists are just running too fast. They don't talk to their assistants. Right. Agreed. What's your answer? So my answer was, because again, this is the dentist that asked this. And I'm like, if you're saying that the assistant can't read your mind, don't you already know the problem here? Don't you wow. already know that you're not communicating? Yes. And so, you know, I'm an over communicator. And that's one of the things that my wife and I have always tried to deal with because yeah. our personality styles are very different. Yeah. I will share Till you know the cows come home. Yeah, that's my grandpa used to say. I love it, but but not everybody's receptive enough to that. So I yeah. really think, as you said, dentist and assistant spend so much time together. You've got to ask, how do I communicate with you? What do I need to know from you? Right. You know, even if it's just short, sweet stuff, he or she, this dentist may not want to talk a bunch. For they, sure. You get in, get out. Fine. Just give me the little bit of information I need to know. Love what you're saying. I love what you're saying. Uh, and uh. I'll just add one more. Communication is always the responsibility of one person. It's the sender of the information. It's never the receiver to understand all the details. Now, you might be listening to this going, oh, that's ridiculous, Kirk. No, it's true. You have to communicate so clearly, whether it be on paper, whether it be visually, whether it be verbally, that people go, I understand what's going on here because now we can go to the next layer, which is, okay, was I not clear enough? What's missing here that's supposed to be happening that isn't happening? Is it my communication style? Is it the system not being filed? Now you can further diagnose. Dude, I love these. Can we do like seven more hours on these? <laughs> we can. All we right. should. Seriously. All right. Yeah, I, I love these. There's so many. Do you want to do one more? 
I'll do as many as you okay. want. Well, I mean, let's do one more. How All right, about cool. that? Because I want to go back to the assistant side of things, okay? Please. Because this is a big one, and, and I think that we're talking about the dental assistant shortage, and this is one of those things in the back of the head. Yeah. My doctor keeps expecting more and more work with little to no recognition or pay raise. Oh, wow. There's, there's the, the elephant in the room often, right? That is the elephant in the room. Yeah. And, and the problem is, and, and I'm going to kick this one off because one of the things that I'm seeing and you're seeing as well are the pay scales are going up and up and up for hygienists, right. for assistants, for front office because docs don't want to lose them. So right. they're willing to pay over the top to keep them. Right. And team members know that now. So it's right. a different game, I think, than it even was before COVID. Right. Now, I'll give you my opinion. This is not a pay issue. Okay. This is a business issue. So number one, my thing is this. I'm going to say this to the doctor. It's true that it's happening. Your job is to up your game. You now have, as a dentist, as an entrepreneur, you have to run a profitable business, correct? When your pay compensation across the board is in its 30, 33% range, I can already tell you a couple things. I don't even need to know your name. You already have a people-dependent practice. Your uh, practice is pretty chaotic. You throw person after person, everybody's tired, and everybody feels underpaid. And that is true. And it's not because you overpay people. The truth is you don't have a business that collects enough money to support the payroll that you have. Because if you're really good at running a business, you should know where your pay compensation numbers should be. And when you keep them in the 20, 25% range and you're collecting enough, now you can pay people top level. You should pay people top level. You sh- your team members should be, and it's on you as the business owner to make sure you've got great systems. If you don't have any systems in place, you're doomed. Yep. You're now just, now it's just a free for all. And you're giving, you're probably giving what's called a hush raise. You know what a hush raise is? Hush raise is, we're going to do a review annually and I'm going to write something up. And you know, expectation, like you're, you're stressed. Okay. So you're a good assistant. You're doing, I want you a couple of work. I'm going to give you an extra dollar an hour because I'm just going to ease the pain that you're feeling. And that's not really what he or she wanted to hear. But like, I, I just, I feel like that's a good token of my appreciation, which is not productive to each one of them. I agree with that. In the end, you should have an assistant paid at top level, but your business has got to be set up to do it, which means in a great practice, like your assistants, if they're trained really well, it's not really a hygiene driven, you know, um, target dollar practice where we're just trying to find crowns everywhere. You know what I mean? Like you're moving into a comprehensive realm. Wouldn't you agree? I agree with that. Okay. And, and I think, the and bit, you can argue with me. I no, want no, you to. No, there's no argument here because I, you know, from my days of dental economics, that was the thing. Run it like a business. Right. Run it properly. And there's so many dentists that that's not a skill set of theirs. I watched you yesterday and I walked in on the segment that you, you said it brilliantly. It's not a practice. Exactly. It's a, can you describe that, that? So that's the biggest thing that I learned was you, you're not just running a practice. You're running a small business. Just Absolutely. Like, just like the local florist, the funeral home, the hamburger stand, whatever you want to pick in your hometown. It's a business just like yours right. should be. And every one of those employees, you know, are part of your business. Right. So, so that's where whenever I go back to a question like this and it comes down to money, People often think that money will fix everything. Right. And I will tell you from the assistant side of things, it's a very temporary Band-Aid. Yeah. Because I guarantee you, if they're not happy, they'll look for somewhere else. Yeah. And even if it's a dollar more, an hour, they'll take it. Everybody says the same thing. People won't leave unless they're unhappy. And you've talked to thousands of dental team members. I have too. Yep. 
The best ones never say money's the reason I'm here. No. It's it's on there. Don't get me wrong. It's two, three, or four, but it's never number one. Absolutely. They want to feel appreciated. They want to feel like they belong. They want right. you know, the culture thing that people sometimes roll their eyes about. I guarantee you it's so important and so often overlooked. Right. Can I add one more thing? Please. So if you're a dental assistant listening, do you want to make more money? I'm, I would hope you'd say yes. <laughs> I said this in there. Here's, I'm going to tell you to do this. Go to your dentist as soon as possible and say, doctor, I love working here. Here's what's going to happen. I'm going to take every course. In the, I'm going to work with Kevin Henry. I'm going to take those courses out there. I'm going to, do, I'm going to learn how to use this CEREC thing. I'm going to get really good at what I do. I'm going to take some verbal skills. You're going to pay for all these courses, okay? I am invested in making sure we are an amazing team. I want to develop my skills. I'm going to make you a better dentist, and I'm going to push you to be a better dentist. And when we get there, you're going to pay me. And any dentist would go, Game on. Okay. Like, game on. Uh, wh- let's, let's cross that bridge together. I, I mean, if people are committed to being great, I think we got to find a creative way to pay them well. I agree with that. And I, I shouldn't say this on air, but I do say this to my team members. How do you feel about pay? And I say, if you want to make a million dollars a year, I want you to tell me that. And I, but we got to figure out how that's going to work for both of us. Right. But what that ultimately means for a smart person is they, if you create enough value, game on. Let's figure out how to do this together. But the person has to figure it out. It yes. can't be you going to yes. them and saying, here's what I expect of you. It, uh, should, it should be them saying, here's what I want to do. 100%. Yeah, and, and I think that's the biggest thing that I want assistants to make sure that they take yes. away is that you can't sit back and wait for somebody to tell you, here's what I want you to do. No. Tell them your passions. Share with them your goals. And tell them where you want to be a year from now and work on it together so you both cross that bridge, as you said. Dude, you are one smart human being so <laughs> you know like like you I, this isn't the first rodeo right right i i absolutely like these these are tough ones these are fun these yeah. are not softball no yeah no well i appreciate you because i threw curveballs at you and you hit them out of the park man. i, I love it that so much it's been a fun crossover episode dude. it is now great. i want people like, we said at the beginning but like if i'm listening how do i find out more about what you're doing how do, we're gonna put links in all this so if you're not right. taking notes during the podcast don't worry we're taking notes for you you can flip up but how do i find out more about what you're doing where do i go Absolutely. I mean, you know, the biggest thing, love, uh, obviously, subscribe to the Dental Assistant Nation podcast. If you want to hear what dental assistants are saying, we'd love to have you subscribe to the podcast. Uh, the biggest thing, follow us on Instagram, Ignite Dental Assistants. Yeah. We're doing a lot of good things out there. So, you know, if you want to see what the assistants are saying, you know, those are the two biggest ways that we're pushing things out right now. Dude, what you're doing is amazing. Keep up the good work. Appreciate you, brother. Appreciate your podcast, too, man. Thank I appreciate you. it. Thanks for being on, man. All right, man. Stick All around. Always say goodbye to everybody else. So thank you guys for listening to the Best Practices Show. If you enjoyed today, just do us a favor, hit the share button. Keep sending us suggestions for things that you guys want to see. We're lining them up. And until we see you guys next time or you hear from us next time, keep watching. Keep listening to the Best Practices Show. You guys, enjoy your day. So there you have it. Another great episode. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Hey, and thank you for showing up. I just want to thank you for being here and sharing the good word with your friends. And if you're really enjoying the podcast, could you do me a favor? Could you go to wherever you consume the podcast and just give us a four or five star review? Here's what that does. It allows us to find other great people like you. I love this profession so much. I'm going to spend the rest of my professional life finding great information so that you can consume it and your friends can consume it so that you can create a better practice and a better life. So keep spreading the word and we will see you guys soon. Have a great day, everybody.